Welcome to the latest episode of British History, Royals, Rebels, and Romantics, the podcast for people who understand that history shows us what's possible for us in our lives today. I'm Carol Ann Lloyd, your host and tour guide as we travel back in time. We're shaking up history to look at the stories that don't always make the history books, to consider famous and infamous characters in new and interesting ways, and to look for all the things that we share even when we're living in different times and places. I hope you enjoy this journey through the royals, rebels, and romantics of Britain. Now, let's explore history together. Hello. I'm recording this in the final months of 2020. It has been quite a year. We've faced an international pandemic with hundreds of thousands of lives lost to the relentless illness. We've lived through political upheaval and social unrest. We're faced with the daunting task of battling a deadly virus, mourning the loss of loved ones, rebuilding trust in communities, overcoming economic challenges, creating new ways of conducting and growing businesses and doing it all in ways that allow us to take care of and strengthen each other and refill our own reservoirs of strength and resilience. How do we do all this? We have different ways, but I always find learning and sharing ideas and opportunities is a good way to start. Learning, sharing, people's stories, history. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we are made by history. I find myself thinking about that all the time lately, thinking about people who managed disease and addressed transitions of power and found it in themselves to reach out to those who may look and sound and behave in different or unexpected ways, the ways leaders of all kinds, those who are famous and those who simply knew they had to do their part, built and rebuilt and strengthened families, and communities, and nations. History shows us the way forward together. The stories of the past inform the present and inspire the future. History requires that we think, that we question the sources we read, that we evaluate what people are saying and what they are not saying. Inevitably, we assess as we search for truth, and that means we can't help but interpret That's one of the things that makes history such a rich source of truth and knowledge. It meets us where we are, shows us as much as we are willing and able to understand, and it keeps asking questions. I think all this matters right now, at this moment, as much as it ever has, probably more. So I'm going to spend the next three podcasts looking at a few locations where you can immerse yourself in history. They are in England, of course, because that's where my heart is, even if my body is not. Perhaps it will inspire you to find your own touchstone of history wherever you are or wherever you wish you could travel. Back in 2019, when we jumped on an airplane worrying only about jet lag or lost luggage, I went to England and spent a marvelous couple of weeks immersing myself in history, walking where those people come alive. So please join me as I take you to some spots that might be a little off the more familiar path of London, 
places you can easily reach by train, and opportunities to experience history. Today, we're going to Winchester. Winchester is about 60 miles southwest of London. The area has been inhabited since prehistoric times, and to the Celts was likely known as Venta, and ultimately Venta Bulgarum. After the Roman conquest of 43 AD, the area became a Roman capital. Walls and ditches were created, and by the 5th century, when the Roman Empire crumbled, the name Venta was added to the Anglo-Saxon Castor, which meant walled city. So, Venta Castor eventually became Winchester. The city took on the form we know today around the 9th century. During the reign of King Alfred, Winchester was rebuilt in a grid to provide better defense against the Vikings. It became a model of town building across Wessex. The surrender of Winchester, along with the royal treasury held by Edward the Confessor's wife, was a key moment in the Norman invasion of 1066. William the Conqueror saw the potential of this city to serve as a power base for southern England and established a castle. That castle was housed to the, quote, Book of Winchester, which we know more commonly as the Doomsday Book, the one William had compiled in 1086. During this time, the cathedral was extensively rebuilt, and eventually the Old Minster was demolished around the end of the 11th century. The Bishop of Winchester began work on a new cathedral, bringing limestone in from the Isle of Wight. The building was consecrated in 1093, and much of that structure still survives, including the crypt, the transepts, and parts of the nave. The original crossing tower collapsed in 1107, which was blamed by some on the decision to bury William Rufus there in 1100. Henry III was born at Winchester Castle in 1207 and became King of England in 1216. He expanded the castle, adding the Great Hall. When Edward I came to the throne in 1272, he wanted to bring the past into his day. One thing he did was commission a great round table to call up the legend of King Arthur and connect his own kingship to the legendary monarch. Studies date the table around 1275. It includes the names of various knights of Arthur's court and was possibly created for a tournament. Edward is recorded as attending five or more, quote, roundtable meetings with his own knights. British historian Martin Biddle believes the roundtable was used during a 1290 tournament held near Winchester during Edward's reign. The Arthurian roundtable now hangs in the Great Hall. In the 14th century, the city became the focus of the bishops. The cathedral underwent considerable rebuilding. Under Bishop Wickham, the nave was remodeled in the perpendicular style, and the wooden ceilings replaced with stone. As we move into the 15th century, the Lady Chapel was lengthened, the Norman aisles were replaced, and side screens were added. The Tudors came along and left an indelible mark on Winchester. First Tudor King Henry VII chose to have his first child born there, who be was a son that he named Arthur to connect his reign to the legendary king. Henry VIII repainted that same round table in the Tudor colors of green and white. And there's some evidence that for a while, the image of King Arthur at the center of the table resembled Henry VIII quite a bit. Of course, the 16th century also meant the dissolution of the monasteries, and this affected Winchester as well. 
The Benedictine Foundation was dissolved in 1539, and the monastic buildings, including the cloister and the chapter house, were demolished. As we move into the 17th century and civil wars, Winchester proved an important location for both royalist and parliamentary forces. The city was repeatedly sieged, and contemporaries report that parliamentary forces sacked the city. After Winchester was captured, historic manuscripts were destroyed. During his protectorate, Cromwell ordered that the walls and the towers of the castle be destroyed. After King Charles II was restored to the throne, he favored Winchester and brought in Sir Christopher Wren to create a new royal palace that would remake the city. However, Charles II died and the economic reality of the next several years meant the city was not transformed with this grand new castle. And instead, the buildings retain much of their historic character today. Winchester was also the site of Jane Austen's final days. As her health worsened in 1816, Jane, Cassandra, and Henry Austen traveled to Winchester, hoping that Jane could meet with a doctor in the new Winchester Hospital. Her condition, about which there is speculation, ranging from Addison's to tuberculosis to Hodgkin's lymphoma to typhus, anyway, was too advanced for Jane to receive medical care. She died in Winchester on the 18th of July, 1817. She was buried in the Winchester Cathedral, a building she is said to have admired. Her brother wrote the epitaph that marks the spot where she is buried. In memory of Jane Austen, youngest daughter of the late Reverend George Austen, formerly rector of Steventon in this county, she departed this life on the 18th of July, 1817, aged 41, after a long illness supported with the patience and hopes of a Christian. Interestingly, James's epitaph goes on to characterize his sister in a way that some readers of her work question. Her novels reveal a willingness to question the quiet way of life and her focus on the business of her writing and the profit gained from her novels are a bit at odds with her brother's holy description of her. In 1870, her nephew Edward installed a brass plaque on the wall next to her grave that begins, Jane Austen, known to many by her writings, putting her professional work on center stage. There is now also a memorial window above the plaque, paid for by public donations. A great bronze statue of Queen Victoria also sits in the Winchester Great Hall. It was created by Sir Albert Gilbert and unveiled in 1878 to commemorate the Queen's Golden Jubilee. It spent a few years outside on Castle Hill, but in view of the weather and some unfortunate vandalism, it was moved permanently back inside the hall in 1912. You can see it there, the Queen holding court beneath the great round table which hangs above her. So, a walk through Winchester, which you can easily accomplish, although I have to admit it's much easier to walk from the train station when you are not hauling luggage with you, is literally a walk through history. I was lucky enough to be in Winchester last year, transfixed by the Great Hall and the Tudor Painted Round Table and the beautiful Winchester Cathedral and the marvelous streets and shops and statues that make up this beautiful city. 
What brought me there was the BBC History Weekend, which is typically held there every year. This was a good chance to meet up with old friends, make new friends, and hear some of my absolute favorite historians and authors share their brilliance with a happy and enthusiastic audience. If you get a chance to attend a History Weekend when things are once again available, please do so. And in any case, get yourself to Winchester. It's an amazing place to meet history face to face. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share with a friend. Do send any questions or comments. I'd love to hear from you where we should explore next. And please subscribe and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it. I'm so glad we could explore history together. Till next time. Thank you.